Hi, viewers. How are you doing today? Um, this week, we've decided to review a movie once again. And for some reason, we are reviewing Paddington 2, even though none of us have seen Paddington 1. So, Fabio, can you please elaborate as to why you chose this movie? So, I went in just as blind as you did. I chose it primarily because it's considered a very wholesome film. It's for the most part, universally acclaimed. It's one of the highest reviewed films that you'll find probably in IMDb. And all I know about it is that it has a bear. People like it. It's feel good. And so I figured let's not go into like, you know, very serious or arty type of films. Let's have one that we can kind of relax, sit back and, you know, have a good time. Even though I, I don't know what the plot is going into it, but uh, that was my intention. Before we give a, our actual um, perspective of the film, a quick summary of it, I think, would be that it's about an immigrant bear that lives in London. Cub. Yeah. And then he lives in London. And all he wants to do is buy a present for his aunt to thank her for everything she's done for him. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that's a good uh, summation of what the story is about? Yeah. Without giving any spoilers, I think that's, that's pretty good. The thing is that I was, I felt when I was watching this film, I was like, oh my God, I wish that I, I've seen the first one because I was just so confused as to why this random bear was in London and like what he was doing there. I'm guessing they sent him like an uh, exchange program or some stuff like that. But I was like, I was like, I want to see the first one because I don't understand what's happening. For me, I, I didn't think I needed to see the first one. But I understand kind of wanting the context as to why he's even there in the first place. So given the logline, the very simple premise of this film, what were your general spoiler-free thoughts regarding the story told here? So no no spoilers? Just for this first half of the conversation. So we're not rating it yet? Sure, sure. You can read it now. Okay. So I would, without having any background information, I would probably give it a six just because... I've, I've heard a lot about this film being like good, just the name in general, but I feel like it didn't deliver as much as it's been hyped. I found myself watching it, getting distracted, doing something else and having to force myself to come back to watch it and to finish like seeing it because it is a very simple um, like drama. Uh, like it's a very simple story, but I don't know. I just I just couldn't get focused. What were your expectations going in? Like, what did it not exceed or achieve when you were watching it? I felt like it was going to be more engaging, maybe more stuff happening. And it just it was very pretty. It was a very pretty film. And the CGI of the bear, I think it was done good. He was like cute and he walked around and stuff. But I don't know. There, it was just missing like a it factor, something to capture you. And I understand that this, but I'm guessing this is like a kids' film. But I love many kids' films. Frozen, ten out of ten. <laughs> Encanto, ten out of ten. But this was not a ten out of ten. I I personally had a good time. Uh, it wasn't my my favorite uh, in terms of uh, they they had certain things set up at the start that I thought would play out differently in the way that they were kind of going about it. The way that Paddington is throughout this film reminds me of Pinocchio in the Guillermo del Toro uh, Netflix Pinocchio film, where this other non-human character ends up being like the glimmer of light and hope in a otherwise dreary kind of world. He he is the one that kind of shows you the the happy and and the the more uh, joyous perspective of life. 
there were certain things that I thought that were going to set up a bit differently. I'm not really disappointed in the way they did it. There was certain thing that happened about a quarter of the way in where we'll talk about later that happens to Paddington that kind of shifts the entire story mm-hmm. and kind of sets him up in a different location that I did not expect that the story is going to take place in, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny, though, I'm not going to lie, but I, I like the overall messaging of it. There's a lot of themes that I think it subtly and not so subtly touches on. Are there any themes that you think the story touches on or do you think it's more of a just a feel good, relatively straightforward story? Maybe more straightforward. It deals with family, friendship, love, I mean, immigration a little bit. Like not they don't really like delve into it, but a little bit. I'm guessing that thing that happens in the middle, I felt like maybe I don't know. I felt like I had to see the first one. If maybe it's something that connected to the first one, or maybe it's not, but I feel like I'm missing out because it didn't really. It it was very like 180. Like what had what just happened? <laughs> I'm gonna go a little bit over analytical in certain parts right now in terms of some themes that I think it covers on. Three primary ones. I'm gonna, I'm not. I'm gonna exclude the first part of it just because that might be a potential spoiler. It would be reforms of something of a certain system. And then it talks, I, I think there's some, there's one character in particular that really embodies like xenophobia, which is like uh, not feel, not wanting someone from another area in your town because of the way they look, because of your assumptions and presumptions of them, racism and some, and some bias as well in that aspect of it. To get the gifts, Paddington wants to raise enough money and get some jobs, but he finds that difficult and it kind of does lay certain seeds there that makes it for me at least a bit more layered than, you know, you can you can turn off your brain and kind of have a good time. But if you want to think about it a bit deeper, it has that for you. I guess before we go into a spoiler talk, would you recommend this film? Mm, no. No. <laughs> Maybe okay. to a kid. Maybe to a kid. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I would recommend it to a kid. You would recommend it to a kid. Okay. Why? <laughs> I feel like it's very kid friendly and it can teach the kid also a few things of the adult life, but it doesn't really go too deep into much of it. But um, I personally would not watch the only way that I would watch this movie again is is if I watch the first one and then I, I watch this one again. But just out of like if I'm bored and I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch Paddington too. No. Okay. You? I would recommend it. <laughs> I would be in the opposite spectrum here where um I think it, it's a wholesome film. And again, my mind is a little bit jaded. I've seen what a bad feel good live action animated film looks like in the when I watched uh, the movie that came out last year, La La the Crocodile, where it was the absolute worst feel good, wholesome live action film. It tried to do what Paddington did, but without having the crocodile speak, only having uh, him sing and i've seen what a bad wholesome execution of this type of film is i know what it looks like at its worst and this one actually it has a really for me it has a really fun antagonist i forget the actor's name but the one who plays the main villain here i i thought he was great i thought he was entertaining um like he had a a personality disorder (laughs) and that was very fun to watch for me and i think there's a lot to appreciate that bear is so cute. I could literally watch it on screen for like, I did ask, I think it's so adorable. <laughs> like I cannot get enough of it. So yeah, I would recommend it. 
highly recommend if you have kids, if you have children, to watch it. Uh, by yourself, if you just want to feel good, you're going, you're a little down. You just watch something, put it on screen, and have a good time. I could, I could see it like just playing a movie in your house with your kids and watching Paddington Two, seeing popcorn. That would be nice. Okay, so that that's our opinions, uh, our spoiler-free opinions on it. So now uh, we can jump into actual spoiler talks. So. What aspects of the film or of the story did you personally maybe have an issue with or didn't think landed with you? Um, I think for me, it was that I know that this is a fiction story. And obviously, all of that was like super creative and imaginative. But most of the things like they just didn't make sense in terms of how things work in real life. Like when they got on top of the train and, and I'm not trying to critique it because I loved it when they used the caramel apples and he's like walking on yeah. the train with it. I was like, that's amazing. That's amazing. But then you think about it and it's like, bro, this is kind of stupid. Like it doesn't make it like this doesn't make any sense. And I feel like that's something that passes throughout the whole movie. But at the same time, it's supposed to be like you said, a feel good, like just uh, watch it. Don't think about it too hard. But if you do think about it too hard, it's like... <laughs> What do you think of Paddington going to prison <laughs> in like the first uh, quarter of the film or about halfway through almost? Yeah, before than halfway. Honestly, mm -hmm. I was shook. I have written in my notes, shook. He in prison. <laughs> like, I was like, what is going on? Like, I understand that he was going after the, the thief and everything, but it was like, oh, my God, he worked so hard. It was like one day before he was going to actually get the book. He had all this money saved. And all of a sudden you see him behind bars. And I was like, oh, bro. I feel like they wanted to really send a message by having him spend so much of the film in prison. And again, when I mentioned the themes, I don't want to spoil it uh, by saying reform. I think one of the yeah. themes here is among like prison reform in terms of uh, the justice system, in terms of how criminals are perceived. Paddington is in an area that has people who are, you know, known as hardened criminals. The the chef is feared by everybody else, pretty much. They're afraid of confronting him. They think he's kind of like a monster. He's almost this mythical figure of like, don't don't go near him, don't touch him, don't talk to him, don't do nothing with him, don't critique his food. And then Paddington is able to get through to him. Exactly. And then kind of peel back the layers and show a more humanistic side of him. The way I view it is that he gives them the he gives them the bad food. He knows that it's bad. He knows that they hate it, but then they're scared of him. So they can't critique him. And he's probably afraid of that critique. So when Paddington allows him to open up and actually pursue his, like legitimately pursue his passion of trying to make something new, he's afraid of the prisoners rejecting it. And mm -hmm. he's afraid of showing them that lighter side. And then as you see, as Paddington's in a uh, prison and as time progresses, the whole environment shifts. It becomes this, dark desolate area and then it slowly gradually changes to a place where there are, the atmosphere is high uh everyone is happier everyone enjoys each other's presence uh at the beginning when he gets there paddington asks the guard can you give me a read me a bedtime story and they were like yeah you're not gonna get that here but by the end of that sequence you see the the warden is reading through the the mic reading everyone the bedtime story the speaker Exactly, the speaker. And he's saying that, you know, I'm, I guess it's time for me to go home because, I mean, there's there's no problems here. There's nothing going on here anyways. And this is also to show that these are humans. These are people. These are individuals that they may have committed crimes. They're not innocent, but they're also people. And change is possible. Change can be achieved here. 
And if you look at that and if you observe and you really try to empathize with these people, you could maybe you could break through with them. You could. And it's a possibility. So the way I viewed it is that it's criticizing and it's doing a large critique on on the prison system. I think that's universal, whether it be in England or whether it be in the US or whether it be in other countries. It's showing that prisons, sure, there's supposed to be a punishment, but there's supposed to also be a rehabilitation for people who have done bad things in society and can they be reintegrated into society? That's mm-hmm. at least my viewpoint, very <laughs> hyper-specific, but uh, that's kind of how I view it in terms of like one of the major central themes of that, at least that section of the movie. I think like adding on to the changes that happen in prison. Um, I feel like when he was doing the laundry and he put the sock in it without like, no, mm-hmm. well, he noticed that he just let it happen. Like, yeah. That's also like a change. And and they felt the change because all of their clothes were pink, which is a color because everything was kind of dark and then it was pink, but everybody was mad. And uh, that's 100% intentional. Like there, there's certainly some like symbolism in terms of why they changed their colors and all that. Another issue, like a more soft, like friendly color. So it was like a first step to seeing the changes that happened in the person. Yeah, and it's it's kind of Paddington ingraining himself into that system, showing that he's gonna have this effect on them. Uh, it may not show them in their attitudes just yet, but externally, just by that simple change in color, he's there and he's gonna make that change. When I mentioned that there's some xenophobic and racism. Uh, that's more towards the first quarter of the film where you see that one neighbor, he's always against Paddington. So it's showing, showing that, for example, when I'm doing it from more of an American perspective, but in typical suburban neighborhoods, when, when a person of color moves into a community that's mostly white or predominantly white, you will have uh, instances of certain people not being very welcoming to them due to what they're used to, what they're accustomed to. And no matter what they do, they always have this anti- this antagonizing figure or image in their head about who they are. So you see, even by the end of the film, that one neighbor doesn't support Paddington. No matter if everyone else does, he's still the one guy who does not support him and tries to convince everyone that he's bad. And so this also shows the extra pressure that immigrants and minorities have within society to be like super clean to not have a record, to try to be almost like perfect because the second you make a mistake, the second you get called out for something or the second that that something bad happens to you, whether intentionally or unintentionally, they're going to grab it and use as a way, see, they don't belong here. Look at what they do. Look look how bad they are to the community. Because as soon as Paddington was caught, you see that, that neighbor saying, see, you guys thought that he was good. You thought that mm-hmm. he was working hard for you. No, he was here to steal the book the whole time. He's here to do this. And again, Paddington did nothing wrong, but because, again, a miscommunication here. But uh, isn't that neighbor the one who he cleaned the wind? Paddington cleaned his window and then he fell in love with the lady? Or is no, that someone else? The, uh, the bad neighbor actually knocked on his wind, on his door. So he was oh. the one talking to him. So it, it shows, again, this pressure that minorities and immigrants have to really fit into this high, middle, upper middle class type of society which there's going to be people who simply do not accept you for who you are. And the second you make a mistake, the second they think they caught you doing something you shouldn't or you know any opportunity they can, they're going to grab it, to take it, to change the narrative and to make you look bad. So this is, an, this is something that shows, Paddington isn't necessarily very aware of it, but there's this pressure when it comes to 
these type of communities where they feel like they have to kind of change their personality or adjust them because the second that something bad happens, boom, you know, they're immediately just pounded on. And again, yeah. biases. The judge who who sentenced Paddington, he was the one that Paddington gave a bad haircut to. Yeah. yeah. Oh and then he, he knew that and he sentenced him to 10 years because he knew that Paddington, because he, he had a vendetta against Paddington for what he did as a, as a, as a barber or working within the barbershop. You know, yeah, and the I think the lawyer or someone had just told him like, oh, it shouldn't be that bad. Like, if you get a good judge, you'll be okay. And then they show the dude and the flashback, and I was like, oh shit. That's kind of the underlying themes that I think the film tries to explore. Is there anything else you think the film might try to touch on? There, there was a fun commentary, like just roasting over serious like actors as the main the main villain phoenix buchanan i think it was mrs burr the the elderly uh person of the family she was like actors are the worst kind of people they lie for a living and i felt like that was just a jab i like hollywood <laughs> or something maybe at that type of culture and i i really liked uh i forgot the guy's name who played him but the phoenix character it was kind of to show that really pretentious aura that people are expecting from actors in terms of they think that they can work it like you know he wants to do a one-man show he doesn't trust anybody else he can play all the characters and oh yeah and (laughs) the when the kids went to talk to the lady because they wanted to trick him the i guess it was his boss or someone who she worked he she worked with him once like the only thing that she said about him or one of the main things was like he can't work with anybody else i i enjoyed the way he did it it was just funny seeing someone just kind of be crazy in that sense yeah. Uh, where he would kind of just talk to himself and pretend to play each character in his in his uh in his attic. And I think that was crazy. That's why I was like, maybe he has something going on up there. Like, yeah, and I just found it entirely entertaining. So one thing that I had with the film is again, I was assuming it was going to go as I mentioned to the Pinocchio route, where which, uh, is? which is kind of he's going to improve everyone's life, which he does, right? But if you notice the first opening 15 minutes of the film, they talk about pretty much every character in the family and what their goals are. So it opens up with uh, Mrs. Brown, which is the mom of the family. Her goal is to swim to France. Yeah. Right. And she's been illustrating a whole bunch of series of adventures. And now she wants to do one for herself. Judy, she got dumped by a a guy and now she makes her own (laughs) newspaper without any boys in it. Yeah. No guys. Just Um, And then Jonathan who I'm assuming is going into high school, uh, doesn't want to seem nerdy. Up. He doesn't want to seem like a nerd or don't wanna, doesn't want to seem uncool. So he's super into working steam engines of trains, but he doesn't want anybody to know it. So he goes by J-Dog. And J-Dog is someone who doesn't like trains. So they have that. And then they have Mr. Brown, who J-Dog. is... He, <laughs> yeah. Then they have Mr. Brown, who is a dad, and he works in a... Uh, I think it's an insurance company. And he missed out on the chance to be the head of the risk analysis for his company. So because he missed out on this career upgrade, he kind of has like a midlife crisis as he's already like in the middle of his career, kind of feeling like, where am I going now? Right? Yeah. Huntington in the, in the voiceover mentions that he blends his food, paints his hair, and does a form of yoga called chakra bits, chakra bits, chakra bits, something like <laughs> chakra, that. Chakra, Sh- chakra bits. Chakra, yeah, just like that, whatever that is, right? Chakra aerobics. And then they introduce Paddington, who just wants his aunt Lucy to visit him in London. And he wants to give her the gift, a gift for her yeah. uh, birthday, right? 
And then finally, they introduced Phoenix Buchanan, which is the main antagonist, who is a former famous actor who now does dog food commercials. Uh, oh my um, god! Found- <laughs> when they actually showed the commercial, I was shook. I don't know why <laughs> I was not expecting that. And then they see him eat the dog food, and then the commercial's like not meant for human consumption or something like that. And then yeah. he's like literally eating it. So there is a payoff to introducing all of these characters and their issues. So what I assumed is that Paddington was going to work with the family to go to achieve these goals or to exceed in them. And then what, he had to go to a jail. <laughs> yeah. So what ended up happening was that the family used all these skills that they garnered, that they to have, help to help Paddington get out of prison. So I'm going to assume that in the first film, Paddington did everything he could to help them some way, somehow. They flipped it this way, so that way they're using their skills to kind of help him in in, in any yeah. way they could. So it seems uh, like something that usually happens with these second movies. So, for example, uh, Ms. Brown wants to swim to France. So was she at the end of the film, she ends up diving into the ocean to save Paddington from the train that's, that, fell, that fell into the ocean. Um, she ended up failing. She had to get rescued by the, by the prisoners. Um, yeah, she tried. Yeah. Judy used her newspaper to spread, to kind of change the narrative for Paddington to, you know, hopefully garner some more support for him. Jonathan ended up uh, going into the other train to help speed it up so they can get closer to the train that Paddington was in at the end of the film. Uh, Mr. Brown, which is the, the dad, he ended up uh, kind of getting his edge back and ended up throwing the ball that knocked out Phoenix and he dropped the book and they ended up winning. Mm-hmm. And so they all kind of used the their grandma? skills. You missed the grandma. Uh, what did the grandma do? I don't even know what she did. No, I don't know. <laughs> she was she was there. She was there. <laughs> and then obviously with uh, Knuckles, which is the, the the one that he befriends in the prison. Who? Yeah. Knuckles. <laughs> with the with the with a capital N. <laughs> yeah. His his favorite quote was, "He doesn't do nothing for no one for nothing." <laughs> mm. So he always, whenever he helps someone or does anything, it has to be an exchange. You know. Yeah. So he learned that he can have that softer side of him and it doesn't have to be transactional. As and you so, would say, character development. Um, yeah. And also, I love that actor. Knuckles? Just, that's all I, yeah, the one who plays Knuckles is amazing. His name is Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson, I think. And he was in a recent film that came out last year that's called uh, The Banshees of Inisherin. Amazing film. That's all I'm going to say. So I think ultimately, again, it's a feel-good movie about caring for one another and always going in with the best intentions and trying to just always go into situations with that headspace, you know, do yeah. good for others. They'll do good for you. That's why Paddington makes friends everywhere he goes, because because he's nice to them. And that's all that people care about. If you're nice to them, uh, sure, people might take advantage of it. But, you know, people just want to be heard. People just want to be understood. And that's what Paddington tries. That's ultimately what I got away from it. Uh, will I think about it much a year from now? If I watch it again, maybe. But. I don't know how long it will last in my memory. I, I enjoyed it at the very least. I, I very much enjoyed it. Do you have any final thoughts before we head out? Um, it was a cute movie, cute bear, fun film for the family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see what we what movie we watch next time. So I already have an idea. So tune in next episode for whatever film we decide to cover.